and welcome to Is It Dad Rocket. I'm Martin, and with me, as ever, is Steve. Like a turd that won't flush. So, what are we doing, Martin? Well, this week, I thought we'd talk about an album from our youth. And what album are we doing? I think we're going to do Rage Against the Machine, Renegade's album. Well, before we start, I need to give a shout-out to Anthony, because I saw him on Saturday, and he reminded me that when we did our Listener Request episode, he actually requested three of the four albums, and... We didn't mention it. Sorry, Anthony, we did you dirty. So this is your shout-out. Anthony, thanks a lot. And we saw your other requests that you've asked for, and we'll, we'll we'll take a look into them. Steve, you look like someone that's got something to get off their big, fat, hairy chest. Yeah, I do. I was um, editing the Placebo episode, and there was, a, there was a section where we started talking about the top five Spotify, and it piqued my interest a little bit. I thought, how... Do they select the top five? Because it's not the most played tracks. Sometimes you'll find that number one has got 25,000 players, whereas number two might have three million. So I had a look up, and it turns out Spotify don't give out that information. But some intelligent guy, more intelligent than me, said it looks at the, the number of streams for the duration that it's been on Spotify, plus the number of recent streams, does some kind of weird calculation, and that's where you get your top five which is why sometimes you'll see track one or the top top number one track has got 25,000 players and then number two has got three million. Interesting, right? Yeah, definitely, because I think whenever I've seen it on Spotify, I always do wonder that. And I think, how has this all worked out? So thank you for looking into that, Steve. You're welcome. Is there anything between your ears that you want to you wanna tell us about? Uh, yeah, well, one thing I was thinking about, we went to go see um, a couple of bands recently. We've been to see Sick of It All at, in Hull at Tower Ball. And they were really, really good. Tower Ballroom. Tower Ballroom, apologies. And then we also went to go see Nine Inch Nails at the O2 Apollo. Or is it just the Apollo? It's the O2 Apollo. O2 Apollo in Manchester. Um, both very, very good gigs. But it got me thinking, they are pretty awesome band names. So so much so that I think, personally, Sick of It All is, I think, one of the, if not the best band name. Genuinely, I absolutely love it. I just think it sums up everything what the band's about. There's no umming about what it means or anything like that. It's just sick of it all. It's just fucking brilliant. And I genuinely love it. So, and it got me thinking about what's what are my favourite songs, uh, favourite bands, and also some like dog shit name bands as well. Yeah, I do love that name, that band name. But one thing I don't like about that band name is that I can't really say it very well. Sick of it all. That came out quite well. But every time I've mentioned it on previous episodes, it feels like I've gone sick of it. But yeah, it's a fucking sick band name. So I made a list of what I think are some pretty fucking awesome band names. I'm going to read you out my list, Steve, and I'm going to tell me, you can tell me if you like it. You can critique my list. I'm looking forward to this. So, sick of it all, obviously. And then I put Bad Religion, and I think that's really cool, but I haven't looked into the meaning of it. I'm sure if I looked into it, I might be able to find it. But I was like, does it mean that it's re- like religion is bad, or their lifestyle is like a bad religion? You know, like punk ethos kind of thing so i kind of thought well maybe i'm thinking a bit too much into it and i never thought of it like that before but i was like because it's not saying religion's bad it's saying bad religion well lucky for you martin i think i know the answer because i have read the bad religion book the name escapes me but i'm not going to recommend it because it's only okay but they do say it's about religion so they say religion is bad and then i think it's more like they said broadly like government is bad and then there's another like a few things are chucked in there as well but i can't remember so yeah, religion is bad. And then I've got another couple 
So kind of very similar ones. So you've got anti-flag, refused, against me, and rise against. And they're kind of... And then when I looked at my list, I was like, there's clearly a theme that I think is cool, which is very anti-establishment, anti... anti-government. Well, not maybe anti-government, but more like everyone get together and, you know, stand up for things that aren't right kind of thing. Yeah, like, let's stand up for human rights and let's rise against the people who are against human rights. Yeah. I agree with your list. I think they're all pretty fucking sick band names. I refuse. It's just... It's, just, it's like sick of it all. It's just... It says what it, it does what it says on the tin kind of thing. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I like that. I'm going to bring up something after I've mentioned mine because I've also made a list. Oh, that's a coincidence. You've made a list too. I have made a list. So, number one, Glassjaw. Number two, First Aid Kit. Number three, Refused. Same as you. Number four, Knocked Loose. And I don't know why I'm doing the numbers because these are not in order. And then number five, Poison the Well. And I'm not sure if they're actually good band names or not. But I just really like them bands. Yeah, I like First Aid Kit. I think that's a diff... Like, it's different, but I like it. Yeah, it's difficult to understand... Not understand, but you wouldn't know what type of music it is by the name, I think. Also, what's cool about them is they don't use a First Aid Kit in their, like, marketing and their visual imagery, which I think is a... You could go into that cliche of being like, here's a First Aid Kit on our first album. So the thing I was going to mention... Uh, when you said about, you know, you've, it's all about anti-establishment, anti-government, that kind of thing, and standing up for what's right. Black Flag is a cool name for a band. Because to me, it's like the uh, opposite of a white flag, so like, no surrender. I don't agree, Steve. I think you're talking shit. But anyway, let's move on. Do you want to hear about my worst band names? Yeah, if after. You do. Metallica. Fear Factory. Corn, Limp Bizkit. And stained. They're the ones that kind of, as I sort of started writing them down, I was like, yeah, I went into a bit of a thing of old new metal bands. I just thought they were all just bad names. They're nothing in particularly that's, oh my god, that's a terrible, terrible name. They're not rude or crude of or anything like that. They're just shit. Yeah. I know Corn's like they wanted to have a name that was just it meant nothing. They were like, the music speaks, the music does the talking. Uh, so yeah, they went with corn for some reason. I don't know what limp biscuit means. That is just fucking stupid. I assume a limp biscuit probably like raging speed on style. You know, like whiskey dick or like a limp noodle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, Fear Factory. Uh, I don't mind that. That's fine. Metallica. I was gonna put Metallica on mine because they're metal and they put icker on the end. But um. Yeah, I don't mind it. It's just, it's like a nothing name to me. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's good. I also have a list of worst names. Do you want to hear them? Love to. So these are in no particular order, but I've gone with We Butter the Bread with Butter. Bad name. Uh, Captain Chunk. No, Captain Chunk. Every time I see that on like a festival poster, I'm like, what a stupid name. And then this one is just super long and I might struggle to say it. So here I go. The world is a beautiful place and I am no longer afraid to die. That is just too long for a band name. Way too long. The next one I've got is The Maccabees. And that always reminds me of Friends. But the, the way they got their name is that they were like, oh, what should we call our band? Let's open up the Bible and choose a word. So not, not a great way to name a band. And then finally, I've got Birds in Row. And for people that might have listened to some previous episodes, 
I've always referred to them as Birds in a Row, which is a great band name. But it was pointed out to me the other week by Martin that I've been saying it wrong for the past four or five years. So it's actually Birds in Row, which is not a good band name. So a few of them bands that you mentioned, Steve, I, I do agree with. The Chunk, no Captain Chunk. I'm guessing they're just shutting it down to like Chunk. That's what people call it. But it's a fucking terrible name. It's like you have to say a proper sentence with like punctuation and all sorts, don't you? It's like Chunk. No, Captain Chunk. It's weird. Um, Maccabees, I quite like. Fair dues. You know, you've got to choose a band name, biblical word, whatever. Um, and then the other one where um, it was some, what was the long one called? The world is a beautiful place and I am no longer afraid to die. Like, if they split that up, perfect band names, no longer afraid to die or something, or afraid to die, they'd be cool. But yeah, it's just too long. I mean, I don't even know what the acronym would be and it'd just be ridiculous. I think their Instagram is like Twiap or something like that. Like, the world is a beautiful place and then forget everything else. Yeah, just fucking bullshit. But yeah, no, good list. <laughs> Episode 17, Rage Against the Machine, Renegades from the year 2000. And I'm going to be asking you questions about this one, Steve. So, kick straight into it. Did you know that this was a covers album when you first listened to it? I was going to ask you this question, because my answer is no. I didn't have a fucking clue. Um, and the cover of Minor Threats in my eyes, I was like, what the hell is this? This isn't Rage Against the Machine, this fucking sucks. And then when I realised it was a cover album, like years down the line, like a good 10 years, I was like, ah, shit. These are all covers. <laughs> and then I thought, oh, actually, these, all these songs are pretty good. Yeah, I had a very similar um, experience. I, was, I remember doing my paper round um, with the Renegades album on, and I'm thinking, fucking hell, Rage have really gone, like, different. Like, they've really departed their ways from the Battle of uh, Los Angeles album and the, the general style, but then they've kept it in some of the songs, but then, again, gone even more off-piste, sort of, on in, in your eyes and... Um, in my eyes even and, and all them sort of songs so it's like what the fuck's going on yeah I think it was microphone fiend where it's like E-F-F-E-C-T let's move off a radar off a ring correctly I was like that's not rage that sucks why are we not talking about raging against the government and you know not giving a fuck uh, or giving too much of a fuck it just didn't fit with rage until I found out it was a cover album yeah, and there is some really big, big bands on there. You've got Rolling Stones, Bruce Springsteen, Cypress Hill, and uh, Bob Dylan. But I don't think I was particularly into music at that point, really. I kind of was. And even if I was, it definitely went into them bands. So I wouldn't have ever bothered listening to Bruce Springsteen. So, and even, you know, Goes to Tom Jode was his shit anyway, so I wouldn't have liked it. So, um, But then there's some slightly lesser known ones, like Minor Fret, although they are huge and massive. I think they're still qu kind of quite underground personally yeah minor threat are massive in the hardcore scene whereas if you asked i don't know what to call them like a normie they'd be like who the fuck are minor threat whereas if you ask someone like who was into a hardcore show if you we was at sick of it all last thursday would have been like hey do you know who um minor threat are i'm pretty sure like 95 or 99 percent of people in the room would be like yeah now fuck off they're not very nice at this hardcore gig was they well, if someone asked me to, like, prove my credentials, I'd feel the same way. That's true. Um, next question, Steve. Band members. I'll give you a clue. You got them right in the first uh, Rage Against the Machine album, self-titled, so can you remember them? I was going to say, like, I, didn't, I, I thought he was going to do that as a bit of a joke on the first question, 
Um, but if you if you really want me to answer, it's Zach de la Roca or Rocha. I can't remember what we decided on. We'll go, we'll go with Rocha. Zach de la Rocha, Tom Morello, Brad Wilk, and Timmy C, which is Timmy Cromerford. Cromerford. I got it. I got it wrong last time as well. You never fucking learn. Uh, okay, well done. Uh, album length. I looked at this not that long ago, and now I've completely forgot it because we did the playlist of the originals as well. So um, I'm going to go with around about an hour. 51 minutes, 6 seconds. Oh, 51 minutes was in my head, but I just thought I was something else. Okay. Uh, how many tracks is on the album? The original normal thing with no bonus releases. Yeah. Um, let me think about it. Let's go with... I'm going to go with 11. 12. Oh, so close. Name them. No, I'm joking. Um, well, that's what I was trying to do in my head. I was trying to count them. I thought, well, no, there's a few I don't know. I, I won't remember the names of. Okay. Um, what number album is this for Rage? Number four. Correct. And bonus point, can I get, for bonus points, the other albums and years? I don't think I can give you years, but I can give you the other albums. So you've got Rage Against the Machine, Evil Empire, and Battle of Los Angeles. In our previous episode... I was wrong, and I said Battle of Los Angeles was their uh, second album. But 92 for Rage. Yep. Self-titled. Uh, I don't know Evil Empire off the top of my head, but I'm going to go with 95, and then I'm going to go with 97 for Battle of Los Angeles. Evil Empire 96, Battle of Los Angeles 99. Oh, 99? I thought it was 98, to be honest with you, so I'm you quite surprised at that. But... Well, I did think that... Well, with this album coming out in 2000, I thought the previous album would have been at least three or four years beforehand. No, I agree. I was quite surprised. Uh, next question. What does housing mean? Because I'm housing. 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 means you're spraying motherfuckers. Is that I, your final answer? I don't know. So, yeah, you're kind of almost there, more or less. There's a few answers online. Um, showing dominance or authority or carrying a conce- concealed weapon or chillaxing at home. So it was real ends of the opposite ends of the spectrum there. Yeah. The way the song housing goes, it's very much carrying a weapon or showing power or that kind of thing. So going down that route, which kind of makes sense in that song name. Yeah, because he's spraying motherfuckers. He is. Have you noticed on the original, he says housing rather than housing? Because I'm housing, housing, housing. I didn't notice that, but you mentioned it and then I did. And it doesn't annoy me that much, but it really annoys you, doesn't it? No, it doesn't annoy me. I just, I just think it's interesting. You sounded annoyed when you told me about it. Well, maybe I've changed my tune. Okay, next one is uh, you got to listen to this, Steve, and so I'll um, I'll play a little bit of a song. So, Stevie P, what the hell is Zach saying there? I think he's saying we're popping and rocking and shocking with a side of hip hop. Very close. I will give you the point. It's popping, socking, rocking, putting a side of hip hop. All right, I'm proud of what I said. So we'll play it again for those listening, um, just to see now that you know that it says popping, socking, rocking, putting a side of hip hop, and see if you can hear that now. And the last question, true or false, in preparation to recording how I could just kill a man, Zach went and killed someone. That's true, isn't it? That's why he left Rage, because he got put away for murder. 100% correct, yeah. Right, Martin, I'm going to quiz you now. Lyrics. You love doing this lyric round. I've done your five. Um, do you want to know what the song name is before I tell you the lyric, or do you not want to know? I think 
No, but then if I struggle, tell me the song name. Okay, cool. I think you'll get this one. Back to the problem. I got a habit. You can't solve it. You silly rabbit. Yeah. From Microphone Fiend. Two points. Yes. Back to the problem. I got a habit. You can't solve it. You silly rabbit. That was one of the things where I, we used to laugh at this when we were kids, but it was like, why is he saying that? This is Rage Against the Machine. What a stupid lyric. And then you find out it's a cover and you're like, oh, all right, that makes sense. His hands are tied out there really with what he can say. Next one. Put that mic in my hand and let me kick out the jams. Kick out the jams. We're going to kick them out? That is 100% correct. And the song is Kick Out The Jams. Two points. Yes. That's four points in total. Next one. Now, renegades are the people with their own philosophies. They change the course of history. Everyday people like you and me. Correct. What's the song? Renegades of Funk. Two points. Now, renegades are the people with their own philosophies. They change the course of history. Everyday people like you and me. The next one. You tell me that I make no difference. Well, at least I'm fucking trying. What the fuck have you done? Correct. One point. What's the song? In my eyes. Two points. You tell me that I make no difference. At least I'm fucking trying. What the fuck have you done? And the last one. Well, she talks to all the servants about man and God and law. And everybody says she's the brains behind Pa. She's 68. But she tells them she's 24. Maggie's fam. Yeah. I listened to that today and I was like, that's a hilarious lyric <laughs> for them for some reason. I just remember it. Imagine that, like a 68-year-old and like, I'm 24. You'd be like, bullshit. You've had a fucking hard life, love. That's what I'd say. Well, she talks to all the servants about man and God and law. everybody says she's a brains behind ball. She's 68. But she says she's 24. So we made a playlist that was a mixture of uh, Rage, like the cover songs and the original songs. And although we discussed earlier that we, at the time, didn't know that it was a, a, a cover album, um, I never really looked into the old songs or anything like that. There is one song that I'd kind of heard before, which was Minor Threat. Um, and when I listened to that, I was like, fucking hell, this is, this is the Rage. And it kind of, you know, pieced it together and I kind of, sort of found it myself um, and when I started listening to Minor Threat a little bit. But then it got me kind of thinking, are there any originals that... I like not necessarily more than the cover, because um, I think Rage have done an absolutely fantastic job of covering the songs and really making them their own, um, even the ones where they kind of cover the sort of style or the, the guitar riffs and stuff. They're still quite ragey. And there's a few songs on there, and I think In My Eyes, which I really like, I think Zach does a really good job of ca uh, loving I like the, the rawness of the the emotion when he's singing it, um, and there's a the few bits in there that they are in my favourite bits later on, so we'll play them in a bit. And then the Devo one as well. I've never even really heard of Devo and never really heard anything by them. Um, and listening to that, it was almost a bit completely nothing like I was expecting it to be, especially because Beautiful World was so slow-paced. I was expecting the original to be very similar, a slow song and a bit of a ballad. It's a wonderful place. Oh, what a wonderful place. 
but it was really upbeat, but still the words were kind of a bit weird. You know, it's a beautiful world for you, but then for not me and, and things like that. It's a beautiful world. It's a beautiful world. For you. For you. For you. It's not for me. It's a beautiful and then there's one song at the end, um, housing as well. And I really like the, not necessarily like the lyrics as such, it's more the flow and the tone of his voice. It just, it's almost not like a monotone style, but it just flows really, really well. And, and we're going to play a little bit of housing. And there's a bit as well, there's a song called uh, Cyclone by Dub Pistols. And I don't know if you know it, Steve. No. It's on the Tony Hawk's um, Pro Skater 2 soundtrack. That's the only reason I know it. And the voice and the sound, I had to Google to see if it was the same person singing on it because I just feel like they, it captures the same energy and the same flow. So we'll play both of them now. So here's housing. On a scene like a horse in a stable A brother got ill and tried to snatch the fat cable I stepped back like it wasn't no thing Punched him in the jaw with the fat ring I had an ace in the hole when it came to that Yo P, you is packing You know I was strapped And here is Cyclone by Dub Pistols I rip rock and gravel when I time travel My rhymes blood shots with the beats that are battle When I get in your head my thoughts become lead Pipes that navigate the seas that are bred Straight through the bloodstream try to come clean Got intervened by a dream filled with screams Read a 360 degree turn on the globe but now you got me running around my area code. So yeah, I just thought when I listened to it, it just really um, just reminded me of that and the flow of it, and I do enjoy that. I don't remember that Cyclone song. Yeah, from... Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. So what you were just talking about, mine, it got me to thinking, what songs do I think have changed the most from the original and what songs have, have remained the most true to the original? And I think Renegades of Funk is probably the one to me that has changed... The most because the original is quite happy it's quite got a lot of stuff going on and this is like the, the major um i guess riff in there what you i guess it's not a riff but it's like an ostinato which keeps going on is quite upbeat whereas the rage version is more powerful and more aggressive And then the the song that's remained the most true is In My Eyes. To me, that sounds like it's just a straight-up cover of Minor Threat. The only difference, I would say, is Zach's vocal delivery throughout the whole song is, like, powerful and aggressive. You tell me you like the taste. You just need an excuse. You tell me it calls your nerves. You just think it looks cool. Whereas Ian Mackay, it sounds kind of cartoonish in places. You tell me like the So I've got some interesting tidbits, Martin. Do you wanna do you wanna hear them? Would love to. Did you know that this album was released two months after Zach left the band? 
if you'd have asked me that question about six days ago, I'd have said, no, I did not know that. But I read it, so now I do know. But go on, a bit I, more information. I also read it, uh, n- you know, recently, in the past two weeks. There's no real information, it's just that Zach left the band. And I did read some things from Tom Morello that said, yeah, we were arguing about everything, like even the colour of our shirts, were they going to be purple, were they going to be camo? There was the thing, we mentioned it in the Limp Biscuit episode where Timmy C climbed the statue at the MTV Awards when Limp Biscuit won an award. That pisses Zach off, and I think that might have been the, one of the straws to break the camel's back. But Zach was meant to be taking like an 18-month leave from Rage, and then he just left. So I think there was just quite a lot of tension. And they're quite secretive, really, Rage, aren't they? So I don't think you'll really ever find out until, I don't know, Tom Morello spills his guts. But it's like, I think it's one of them things where... There's probably been a lot of build-up, and he's gone, you know what, fuck this. And it was billed that Rage Against the Machine split up, but in my opinion, they didn't, because they just... Zach left, and they started a new band. I've got a little something-something for you, Steve. Do you want to hear it? Fire away. So when I was doing a bit of research for this, I came across a random fan memory from Reddit, and I'll just read it out to you. So this guy has wrote, "Um, I remember downloading this album off Napster and being banned from it. I even got up a pop-up message saying, you've been banned for downloading Renegades by Rage Against the Machine. I told my friend, a huge Rage fan, to check his Napster because he had downloaded it recently too. He got so angry, he tore his Rage Against the Machine poster off his wall and called them hypocrites. Rightly so, I feel. Um, Apparently, this was due to a new PR firm uh, working with Rage, even though they'd split up by the album's release. They were the same team that that repped Metallica and assumed that, for some reason, Rage would want to take the same actions against the legal downloads that Metallica had. I got my naps to fix because the official Rage forums did instructions on how to lift the ban along with an apology from Zach Delarusha. So I thought that was quite an interesting one. I wouldn't usually go on and read some per- random person's memory, but I think we've discussed it a few times about Metallica and Limp Bizkit and a few other bands, I can't remember off the top of my head, about their sort of relationship with Napster. And it's just kind of, I feel like this really fits with Rage and what they stand for. Power to the people, if you want to go download it and not give the man money you do it. And so I, I can believe that memory. It's a believable memory from a random stranger. So I just caveat this by saying all these thoughts and feelings are my own, but I've got a feeling that might be one of the reasons why Zach decided to leave Rage. So Zach seems like he is power to the people, you know, let's do everything we can. Let's not make a shitload of money and become millionaires and, you know, talk about how poor people are. But I feel that Tom Morello has a bit of a different stance. I feel like he's more of a an image man, so his brand is power to the people. Let's distribute wealth, let's, you know, let's be a society that looks after each other. But the things that I've I've read online about him, which could not be true, and the fact that he was selling his book for $125 just made me think, ah, oh, this guy is he's not everything he, he makes out. And I'm not saying he doesn't do some great, great stuff because I know he gives a lot of money to charity and he's got some foundations. But I think he's a, he's a lot more about the image than the ethos. I don't think he really lives what he preaches. Whereas I think Zach was maybe feeling like that, and that's why he left. But again, I did caveat caveat that by saying they're all my own opinions. Yeah, I think it's a difficult one because I, I agree with you. I think Tom Morello obviously does a lot. He, he does a lot for charities. I suppose I, the the sort of sen- how I would put it would be, is Zach De La Rocha the person that's going around and helping homeless people and supporting them and handing out food and giving money out? And is Tom Morello doing exactly the same thing, but videoing it? So they're still doing good, but they're kind of doing it to help their own image and brand as well. I'm sure you've seen the YouTube videos where people do it and help out a stranger, but then video it and it's like, 
just fucking help them out. Don't try and get likes and subscribers from it. Um, so yeah, that's the kind of how I would put it into a, a scenario. But all that aside, Steve, let's move on. We've covered we've covered some hot topics. Favorite song, Steve? Talk to me. I've got three favorite songs. First one, Pistol Grip Pump. I love the chorus. Pistol Grip Pump. I just really love like the aggression and the bass sound where it's just like boom. I think that's really fucking cool. And it's also in the original, which I thought was cool as well. So Timmy C was always just like, that's fucking cool. What am I what am I gonna do? I'm just gonna go boom. It's gonna sound badass. The other song. I really like is Maggie's Farm. I gonna work on Maggie's Farm no more. No, I ain't gonna work on Maggie's Farm no more. Well, I wake up in the morning, fold my hands and pray for rain. I got a head full of ideas that are driving me insane. There's not a particular part of that song that I absolutely love. I just think the whole of it is is brilliant. Like it really, I don't know, it like flips the Bob Dylan version on its head. Like Bob Dylan, it's kind of honky tonk. It's a bit like breezy is probably not a great word to describe it, but that's how I'd describe it. I ain't gonna work on Maggie's farm no more. Whereas Rage have taken it and been like, this is an aggressive song. Like, I mean something when I'm saying these words. Whereas Bob Dylan, I feel like he's more of a... He's talk, probably talking about some characters that he's made up in his head. Whereas with Rage, it sounds more like they're thinking of real people who are being forced into labour. And they're saying, I'm not fucking doing this no more. And then my favourite song on the album is How I Could Just Kill a Man. How I Could Just Kill a Man! I think the lyrics in this one are just the coolest lyrics on the album. Especially, I mean, that phrase, how I could just kill a man, is awesome. But then you've got that bump, 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 bump behind it. And you're like, yeah, that is... Like, how can you not, like, like stomp your foot to that or, like, put your fist in the air? If I'm driving, I'll be, like, smacking the the um, steering wheel. And I just think, yeah, what a, what a fucking cool song. It's, like, really loud, really aggressive. And it's that bass again. I think Timmy C is just an incredible bassist where it's just like, it's not that complex what he's playing. I mean, it's an open D, bump, 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 bump. But the sound he's got on it and the way he plays it, he's just like, God, that sounds incredible. So what you got for me, Martin? Tell me what are your favourite songs? What are your favourite bits? So I've got three, uh, three favourite songs as well, Steve. And the first one is In My Eyes. And we're just going to play a little bit from it. Did you fucking get it? 
And the other bit that I love is... You tell me that I make no difference at least I'm fucking trying! What the fuck have you done? So yeah, they're the, the two bits from that song that I, I just think are amazing. I would go as far to say they are standout moments of songs in general for me. I just I just think they're absolutely fantastic. Um, the job that you know, the delivery from 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 Jack <laughs> from Zach <laughs> is amazing. He really portrays the energy and the emotion from from what the the original songs song is. And I think the minor threat version is fantastic. I think the radiant machine version is fantastic. And it just reminds me a lot of the architect song Naysayer. So sick of the sound of people giving up You can't stop me giving a fuck Fuck it I'm a dream Which again is just you can feel the emotion that's coming through um, I think if if I was like twenty years old, I would definitely have got that tattooed on me from uh, Naysayer. You can, you know, so sick of the sound of people giving up. You can't stop me giving a fuck, and it's kind of very similar to the in my eyes bit. You know, at least I'm I'm fucking trying. I'm trying to make a difference, um, which I just think is cool as fuck. Um, the other one is the how I could just kill a man, similar to you. However, the bit that I really like is this bit. It's gonna be a long time before I finish one of the many dishes that I have to establish. So yeah, similar similar to you, I suppose, in regard to the actual music bit, but maybe just a different part of the song, but the same idea. Um, that fucking punchy bass, um, just absolutely amazing. Um, and the last song that I really like, and I think it kind of sums up the entire album, really, and I remember reading up about it, saying um, this was the one song that Zach was like, this is what's on the album, this this song is going to be on it. And it's Renegades, um, Renegades of Funk. Really cool riff, really cool opening riff. That comes on, and you know it's Renegades of Funk, and then it's got the cool drum beat into it. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. So yeah, awesome. That you wear that. That's Rage Against the Machine. It's fucking cool as shit. And then the the bit that I'm gonna play next is more about the lyrics, tune, riff. Everything's good, but it's the lyrics. So we'll just play that now. now are now renegades are the people with their own philosophies they change the course of history everyday people like you and me we're the renegades we're the people with our own philosophies we change the course of history everyday people like you and me and what i really like is obviously this this the lyrics are sort of flipped so it's the renegades the people with their own philosophies they change the course of history then suddenly it becomes we're the renegades we're the people that change the, the course of history and i feel like that kind of really sums up 
for me, what kind of Rage Against the Machine are, and I'm guessing, I mean, I 100% know why Zach will have wanted this song on the album for these kind of lyrics, the, the that song in general. But yeah, just when you listen to it, you're like, fuck, that is just fucking cool. And it, I'm getting a little bit of goosebumps now just talking about it, I must admit, you know, because it's just cool as fuck. I don't know if we've had specific, uh, particular, like, lyrics in our favorite bits before it's always been riffs and drum beats or so i quite like the like a bit of difference there so it's just the the lyrics just speak volumes yeah i have to agree there man I, I do think that song i mean it's not even rage's lyrics is it but you can see why they've chosen it and rage are very much we are the people it's not like you listen to a band and they're singing and it's like all about me like i'm not even going to try and think of some lyrics right now but it's like very introverted like probably like nirvana you know he's singing about himself Whereas with Rage, I feel like they're singing for everyone. Maybe not everyone, but for people who... For the oppressed. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah, I don't think we've mentioned lyrics before because, let's face it, Limp Bizkit, Disturbed, <laughs> The Offspring, they're not really talking about social issues, are they? That's a good point, yeah, fair enough. So Martin, what's your overall opinion of this one? So my overall opinion, Steve, is I do like it. I do listen to it every now and then. I think it's a very brave decision for Rage to actually do a cover album after the sort of success of the first three albums, but to go on to that. But I feel like the, the lyrics and stuff are all... The, the songs are carefully curated, clearly. They've chosen these songs because they either you know, love them or the, the, the lyrics and the content and the, what, that's what they want to sing about. Um, I think it's fantastic the, the way they've taken all the songs, but I also like some of the songs that have stuck with very true to how they are. So there's a real mixture of songs. And when you first listen to it, you think, what the fuck's going on? Oh, it's a cover album. Okay, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, some of the songs sound very similar. Some of them don't. You know, I think they've done really, really well with them. They've still got loads of rage riffs in there, which is obviously what you you want to see. So yeah, really, really like it. What are your thoughts, Steve? Yeah, very similar. Really great album. I listen to it every now and again. It's not on heavy rotation, but sometimes it's like, yeah, I'm just going to stick this on because there's some songs that are absolutely incredible. I do think, like you said, it's a brave choice, and I think they've done really, really, re I think they've done a really, really good job with the whole cover album because it's not just a cover album. It's like they've taken those songs and they've made them their own. It's not like Punk Goes Pop Volume Six, where every song just sounds like the original with a screaming in the background. It's like they've taken the songs, like you say, it's carefully curated, and I think they've they've really put their own stamp and their own mark onto those songs rather than it just being, well, oh, let's just cover some songs and it'll be cool. It's like, let's cover some songs, but let's make them our own. Steve, I forgot to ask you a question earlier. Okay. What was the UK album chart position for this album? Nah, I don't have a clue. 71. It's not very good, is it? It's not. It's not even, it's not even as good as Raging Speed on. Is that the uh, the the mark? Is it so? Album sold. You compare it to Linkin Park, UK chart, Raging Speed on. Is it as good or as bad as? That is exactly right. Cool. I like it. Raging Against the Machine, Renegades from the year two thousand. It was an obvious choice for our seventeenth episode, wouldn't you say, Steve? Yeah, definitely. Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. I'm assuming, seeing as you're listening to this part, that you you have enjoyed it. So please give us a follow, give us a subscribe, whatever you do on social media. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook, Is It Dad Rock Yet? And if you want to get in touch, our email address is isitdadrockyet at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks a lot.
Um, and also, like, imagine rolling around in your car, my little. <laughs> what are you doing rolling around? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've completely ruined that. Hi, and welcome to Is It Dad Rock Yet? I'm Martin, and with me, like a turd that won't float. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, Martin, I have read the budget. No, no, no. I'll do that again. <clears throat> Fuck me, Steve. I had like four words to say. <laughs> <clears throat> so, what have you got for me, Martin? What are your favourite songs? Let me do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. So, songs. And <laughs> <laughs> just a snake. So what you was just talking about, mate? Uh, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not your fucking friend. 